The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Ayin Chet. Today's daf is being studied the Ilun Yishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen. We begin today's daf on Ayin Zayin Amud Bet. Just as a point of location, we will begin from Matkif Larab Yosef, which would be one line above the Perush of Rabbeinu Hananel. Now we learned in yesterday's daf that it would be permissible on Yom Kippur for a student to walk through a river of water on Kippur in order to go visit his rabbi. And we said for a Tzorich Mitzvah that would be permissible. Ah, we had a problem of Rehitzah, we had a problem of bathing, so in this case over here, the intention is not for bathing, it's not a pleasurable bathing. He's going there because he needs to, to pass through the water. So therefore we said in such a case, it would be permissible. So now the Gemara questions this from a health standpoint. So the Gemara says, Matkif, not of Yosef, of Yosef, has a question. Forget about Kippur. Is such a thing mutar even during the week? Which means to walk through the very high waters. Rashi says, We said he could actually walk up to his neck. What do you mean? It's dangerous. That he shouldn't uh, drown. We have a pasuk. And this pasuk over here is referring to a prophecy that the Malak showed Yehezkel navi that a river is going to come out of the Kodesh Kodeshim and it's going to when Mashiach comes and it's going to start with a very narrow stream and slowly, slowly it's going to become wider and deeper so the Pasuk says so he measured 1,000 amma meaning from the Kodesh Kodashim, from where the river started, and the prophet says, the angel uh, led him across the water, which is ankle deep water, which means in the beginning, the first thousand amma, the first thousand amma of the river was only ankle deep. So what do we learn from here? So from here we see that what it is permissible to cross through water that only reaches the ankles. 
Well, but the water continued. Vayamod elef, and they measured the next thousand. Amma vayavirini b'mayim, mayim birkayim. This was actually waters that reached the birkayim, which are knee deep water. Nikanchimutal laavod ad birkayim. So from here you see it's permissible to walk through water that reaches the knees. Then they measured the next thousand. Vayamod elef vayavirini memotnayim. The next thousand amav this water became memotnayim, which is waste deep water. Mikan the Gemara says shemutar laavod ad motnayim. So for me, you see that's permissible to cross the waters up until the waste. Ah, mikan vayilach. But after the waste. The Pasuk says that the stream actually continued, and it kept on getting higher and higher. Vayamod elef nachal, it became a river, that was not crossable. So you see over here, that it's asur above the waist. Look at Rashi on the first wide line. Mikan vayilach, karile ashed lo'uchal la'avor. Past the waist, it's considered a river that cannot be passed. Alma implying asur la'avor lemala mimotnaim. That's forbidden to go past the, the, the river, past the waist. So comes the Gemara and says, Amara, So how did you tell me that on Kippur you can walk up to your neck in the water? Amara shani nachal. No, that stream that we're talking about that's going to come out of the Kodesh Kodeshim, it's different. Why? Dirdife maya. Because its waters flow uh, swiftly, which means it's not calm waters. The waters that we were talking on deep wood, that you can walk up to your neck, it's regular calm waters, no problem. But here the waters we're talking about in the Kodesh Kodeshim is going to come out of it. Well, strong waters. That she says, Shani nachal, ayotzeh mebet Kodesh Kodeshim, shayu memav rodfim. They're very swift waters and they could cause a person <coughs> to drown. That's why those waters are different. So comes the Gemara and analyzes these waters. Well, one might think that once, once it's above the waist, even though you can't cross it by walking through it, maybe you could swim through it. Sihui would be swimming. And as she says, Besihui Bishayit. I mean swimming. Tamud Omar. Pasuk says, no. Kiga'u Hamayim. The waters swelled. Me Sahu. Which means the waters swelled so much, they became what's called Me Sahu. What is Mesahu? So the Gemara says, My Mesahu, Shiyuta, they became swimming waters. Sheken Korin le Shaita, people normally call swimming Saiha. So therefore you see that eventually the waters became so high that they only were able to swim in it, and still the Pasuk says at the end that they were not crossable. That still you couldn't cross in this stream over here. Which means, since it was again swift, and since it was very strong current, they were not even able to swim through them. So the Gemara then says, Yachol ya'avirenu biburni ketana. Well, did you think that maybe those waters of the, that came out of the Kodesh Kodeshim, maybe you could cross them in a burni ketana, which is a small boat? Tamud Omar, Bal telech bo oni shayit. That it was not possible for an Onishayit to travel in it. Yachol, Onishayit meaning a boat. Yachol ya'avirenu biburni gedola. Oh, what about maybe the stream would be able to be crossed by a large ship? 
Talmud Lomar, Vitsi Adir Lo Yamirinu. That a Si Adir, a great sea, would not be able to cross it as well. Now, how do we know that that's referring to a big boat? Me'emashma, Kedemetargem Rabbi Yosef, like Rabbi Yosef translated this Pasuk in the Targum. Lo Tezil Beb Sfinat Sayyadin. You cannot cross these waters with a fishing boat. Sfinat Sayyadin, there will be a small boat. Uburni Rabbati. And a great mighty vessel, Lo Teguzina, would not be able to travel through it. So therefore, these waters are going to be non-swimmable as well as not able to be passed through by a boat. So comes again and continues talking about the stream, Amar of Yudah ben Pazi. Even the Malachamavet, the angel of death, does not have permission to pass through it. How do we know that? Because <coughs> it says by the stream, Right, we learn that an Oni Shayit would not be able to travel through it. Literally from wandering the earth. Now we know that that was referring to in Iyov, the Malachamavet or the Satan that was traveling around the earth and he saw Iyov. And therefore, since the word Mishut, traveling, is used by the Satan, and it says by the waters, Oni Shayit, Shayit is like Shut, and therefore we see that what? That even the Oni Shayit, even the Malach Mavid is not going to be able to travel through these waters. Not because he's not going to be able to, meaning not because it's dangerous for the Malach Mavid. his point is he's not going to have... Permission, because since the waters emanated from the Kodesh Kodeshim, so therefore it's not going to have permission for him to travel through. Comes again when I continues. Amar bipinchas b'shum davuna sipuraah. The Gemara has a statement over here. Ma'yan ayotzei mebet kodesh Kodeshim. This spring that's going to come out of the Kodesh Kodeshim from the holies, <coughs> so it's going to come out of the entrance. That's of course from the west, and it's going to go towards the east. Which means, initially when the water comes out, it's going to be a very narrow stream. The size of the antenna of a locust. Which means it's going to be a very, very... Um, very uh, narrow. Now, of course, the Ben High points out that these waters over here, anybody that uh, drinks them is going to give them great uh, chokhmah. That's why the symbolism of these waters, which water represents Torah, when these waters spring forth from the Kodesh Kodashim, so there's going to be a great beracha of chokhmah that comes from these waters. So, as it travels eastward and it gets to the entrance of the Hechal, becomes a little wider, as wide as the thread of the warp. When it gets to the Ulam, the antechamber, it becomes a little wider as the thread of the, of the wolf. Comes the Gemara and continues and says, "Kevan shegiyal peta hazara." Once it reaches the hazara, the courtyard, naasab kefi pach katan. It's going to become as wide as the, let's say, mouth of a small flask. Vaheinu ditnan, and that's what it means in the Mishnah. The Bili Ezer ben Yaakov Omer, the Bili Ezer ben Yaakov said. 
Mayim Mifakim that these waters are called waters of Mifakim that she says top line Kimin HaPach they're going to be like the pak, like the flask can. When they get to the threshold of the echal, they're going to be the size of a pak, meaning in width. There's going to emerge from the threshold of the Beit HaMikdash. Actually, this must be referring to the Azara, like we just said, from the courtyard. From that point on, the water is going to rise and rise. Until it reaches the entrance of the house of David. This would be Har Siyon, which is outside Yerushalayim. Once it gets to the entrance of Har Siyon, it's going to become a swiftly flowing stream. And actually, we can be used for a mikveh, where people, ladies that are tamitemeot, let's say, like a zavin, zavot, men, women that are zavot, nidot, ladies that are nidot, nidav, yodot, ladies that uh, gave birth and therefore they have tum'ah, they'll be able to dip in a chine'emar. So on that day, a spring will open up for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for cleansing and for purification. Amar of Yosef, Mikan, Remez Linida, Sisricha Lishev Ad Savara Bamaim. Which means we see a remez over here for a halakha, that a nida, that has to go to the mikveh, the water must be at least up to her neck. Since we're talking about over here waters that are very high, and we're saying that these waters are going to be kashet for a nida, so the Gemara wants to make a halakha over here, a remez at least, that the waters have to be at least up to her neck when she's standing in the mikveh. The logic would be, is because we know when a lady goes to the mikveh, she has to, she has to bend. Now when she bends, that causes different creases to form in her body, that the water might not be able to enter those creases. Therefore, the Gemara assumes that we'd rather not have to bend into the water uh, that much, not to cause the creases. So the Gemara says, if it's up to her neck, so therefore she just has to bend a little to get her head underneath, and therefore the waters will touch all the parts of her body. And we see this from the story of the waters that come out of the Kodesh Kodeshim. Because the waters were very high, and it says they'll be kashet for Nida. Because the Gemara says, no, does not follow this opinion, which means so long as the water reaches her navel, according to the halakha, even a tefah above her navel, that's considered high enough where she can bend down and the waters will be kasher. Let's read the top rashi. Mikan remez l'nida, medelo kari l'nraui l'nida, ad shemitkaber kenachat shotev. And the fact that the pasuk doesn't say that it's worthy for l'nida only until the it became a swift river which was very, very high in waters. You have to have deep waters. She stands or sits until her neck. But the Rishonim point out that the, the sitting over here represents standing actually. Even though the Pasu doesn't mention anything about up to her neck. Ramiz Mia, you do have a remez tenehve amukim. You just see that has to be deep. Ome karaui veze karaui. Comes the Gemara now and goes back to what we learned above. 
that walking uh, through a water stream on Kippur is permissible. So the Gemara says, Tina Yom Kippurim. This is understandable. Actually, we will. Let's check the Gersa over here. Okay, the point of the Gemara is that we understand this concept on Yom Kippur. Because on Yom Kippur, a person is not wearing shoes. And therefore, there's no concern when he walks through that he might take his shoes off and carry them. Carrying is a Surah Kippur. So therefore, there's no issue of carrying in this case over here because we're not wearing shoes in the first place on Kippur. However, the Gemara says... So let's, let's, let's say we read, Let's say on Kippur, let's say like, okay, because we're not wearing shoes. Shabbat, but on Shabbat, you have shoes. What's the problem? Which means, is it going to be a problem? Why, as she says, third line, Shabbat, that's the point. Are you allowed to cross through these waters on Shabbat? Or Dilma, or maybe Aishin and Dilma, that maybe what's going to happen, maybe Nafal Mekara'e, the shoes are going to fall off his feet, and you're going to come to carry them. So that's the shit. Like, can you cross through these waters on Shabbat? We make a gezerah that his shoes might fall off, <coughs> and he might come to carry. Comes again when I say, "Amar Nehamiah, Hatnei de Benesiyah." So Nehamiah was the son of the Nasi. Said, "Ana Chazitel de Bi Ami Bi Asid de Matu Ol Kumab de Maya." He says, "I observed that the Bi Ami Bi Asid that they came across a pool of water on Shabbat ve'avrua derech malbush." And they crossed it, Derech Madbush, when they were wearing their shoes. So you see over here, obviously, there is no problem. That she says, Va'avrua Derech Madbush, Bin'alehem Avruotom. They're wearing their shoes. So you see, there's no Gezerah that the shoes might fall off and you might come to carry. Kemalah says, Tinah Min'al. Now we understand Min'al, which covers the majority of his foot, or covers his foot well, and it's fastened tightly, so therefore we won't make a Gezerah. But what about sandal ma'ikalimimar? But what about, let's say, the type of shoe that the Gemara calls a sandal? <coughs> that she says sandal ma'i, she'enu yachol lehaddeko ulkoshro yafeh beraglo kemo min'al. You really can't tie it around your feet as well or as tight as a min'al. So therefore the Gemara is saying, maybe a min'al, which is, let's say, a leather shoe, which can be wrapped around the foot, <coughs> There we have no gezerah. But a sandal, maybe since it cannot be tight-fitting, it'll slip off, and therefore you might come to carry it. So that Gemara says, Amar Rav Rehumi. Rav Rehumi said, Ana Azitel Ravina De'avar Derech Malbush. I saw that Rav Rehumi was, actually I saw Ravina that wore sandals, on his feet on Shabbat. Rav Amar, Rav however, says no. Sandal lechetechila lo. Now, when it comes to sandal lechetechila, one should not walk through the water. So it comes that we have a machloket regarding sandal. Ravina walk through it, and Rav says lechetechila, one should not. Resh geluta ikla lehagronia. One time, the resh geluta, the exolok of Babel, came to the city of Hagronia, leber of Natan, to the house of Rav Natan. He spent Shabbat there. Rav Ram v'chulu rabbanan atul lefirka. So. Rafram and all the rabbis 
came to the Resh Galutz Shi'ur on Shabbat. Ravina lo ata, but Ravina did not come. Lemachad ba'ir Afram na pukel Ravina b'darte the Resh Galuta. The following day, Rafram wanted to <coughs> remove any bad feelings that the Resh Galut might have had to Ravina, because Ravina didn't show up to the Shi'ur. So, so to speak, Rafram wanted to kosher up Ravina in the eyes of the Resh Galut, trying to explain why he didn't show up to the Shi'ur. So in front of the Resh Galut, Rafram asks Ravina, What's the reason you didn't come to the uh, Shi'ur? So so he says, He's my foot was hurting me. So the so Rafram tells him, So you should have, should have put on some shoes and come to the shiur. Kemara says, He says it was the top of the foot that was hurting, and therefore since Min'alayim, shoes cover the top of the foot, they would hurt the top of the foot where he had his uh, ailment. So he said, fine. So you should have put on at least uh, sandals. They don't fit so tightly and they wouldn't have caused you any pain. I couldn't wear sandals. There was a pool of water on the way. So he tells him back. So you should have put them on, wear them across. Don't you hold what Rav Asher says, Saddalich and Ta'ilah, no? So therefore, you see Rabbinah held over here, that what? Lech and Ta'ilah, you cannot walk through the waters with a sandal. Now, the Tosfot Yishanim over here asks the obvious question, because we just learned in the, the previous Gemara that Ravinah actually was one of the rabbis on Shabbat that wore sandal through the waters. Now you tell me Ravinah was the one that was uh, Mahmir. He said, no, I can't walk through the waters on Shabbat with sandal. So make up your mind. What does Ravinah hold? So Mir Tosfot Yishanim says a big Hadush that from here you see that there must be two Ravinahs in the Gemara. And the first Ravinah allowed it and this Ravinah did not. Another interpretation we have to say is that uh, Ravina had uh, made a hazara, which means he changed his opinion. Originally Ravina was mekel, was lenient, and now Ravina adopted the opinion of Rav Asher to say that Walakhtailan is indeed Asur. That says the Tosfot Yeshanim. Comes the Gemara and continues or discussing the subject of washing on Kippur. <coughs> Comes Gibran says, Tani Yehuda bar Gerogarot. Rabbi Yehuda bar Gerogarot says, Asud Shev al Gabetina beyom Kipurim. It's forbidden to sit on mud on Yom Kippur. Now, why would one? Why would somebody want to sit on mud? So that she says, Tina shlechlua hatitis. A certain moisture on the on the on the mud. Have on a karov lechitza. It's pleasurable, that little moisture, as if he is bathing. So that would be forbidden. We're only talking about over here mud that is moist. How much moisture? Which means tofeya is able to make somebody moist if he sits on it, and consequently that person that sat on it can make somebody else moist. That's tofeyah, al-minat latfiyah, which means it can give moisture to the person that sits on it, and that person subsequently can give moisture to somebody else. That's how moist it has to be in order for it to be asur. Amar rav Yehuda mutal itstanen beperot. 
It's permissible on Yom Kippur to cool oneself off with perot, with fruit. Which means he takes, you know, the fruit, they're cold, and he just, you know, rubs it on his body to cool himself off. Rabbi Yehuda, mitztanen bekara. I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda, mitztanen bekara. Rabbi Yehuda would cool himself off with squash. Rabbi mitztanen binuka. Rabbi would cool himself off with a baby. Jeez, he would rub himself, or hold the baby. The flesh of the baby was cold, and would rub the flesh against him to cool himself off. Rava would cool himself off with a silver cup. He would take a silver cup, the metal is cool, and he would, you know, uh, feel it, and that would cause him to get cool. To cool oneself off with a silver cup that's full, meaning it's filled with water, that's going to be asur. Why? So that she says, Shema Yishpechu Ma'im Al Besarok. Because if it's filled, it's a gezerah that the water might spill on him. However, Haser Share. But if it's not filled, then it's going to be permissible. The Fahra, however, regarding, let's say, earthenware, Eidi Vidi Asur. Which means whether it's full or whether even it's not full, one cannot cool himself off by touching the earthenware cup. Why? Mishum de Mishal Shahil. Because by earthenware, the liquid seeps through the sides of the cup. And the she says, Polet Mayim Shebolaya. And therefore, since it oozes through the cup, it's going to be considered like the Hitzah. Because the water is going to fall on him. We know bathing is forbidden on Kippur. So they will buy a silver cup only when it's not full, it's mutar. However, by earthenware cups, since the water oozes through, it's going to be asur in all cases. The next opinion is Ravasheh. Ravasheh Amar, Kasa de Chaspa Haseh Nameh Asur. That even a silver cup that does not have that's not filled to the top is also asur. Why? Mishum de Mizdarev. Rashi Mahdik. It's slippery. Vinishmat miyado. Since the silver is slippery, even if it's not filled to the top of the water, we might, we're concerned that it might slip out of his hands and fall on him, and therefore it's going to be considered rechitza. Comes the Gemara and continues. Zeira bar hamam. He was the host of all the rabbis, Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asir, Rabbi Yeshua ben Nevi, and all the rabbis of Sazeri, they would always stay by Zaira's house. So he told Rabbi Yosef, who was the son of Rabbi Yeshua ben Nevi, Bar Ariyah, son of a lion, Bar Ariyah, like the son of the lion. Which means your father was a great hakam. Come and I'll tell you a item that your father would do. Your father would have a towel on Erev Kippur. And he would soak the towel in the water before Kippur. He would then make it into a dry vessel, which means he would dry it before Kippur, in order that it becomes like a dry vessel. Ulmachar, and the next day, he would use it to wipe his face, his hands, and his feet with it. Now she says, like a handkerchief, and he made it like dry. Some say that he actually took a 
uh, uh, handkerchief, washed his hands with them, meaning dried his hands with them on Eid of Kippur. Now they had a little moisture from his drying his hands on Eid of Kippur, and he would use that moist towel to, let's say, wash his eyes or clean his, the crust of his eyes on the next day of Kippur. Either way, either he dried it from soaking it in water, or like she said in the second interpretation, he dried his hands on it, and with that he was able to use it the next day, which means that small amount of moisture that was left on the towel was not considered similarly on he would soak the uh, towel in water and he would also use it over his eyes now it doesn't say he would dry it thoroughly regarding Tisha'a'ab because the reason why he had to dry it thoroughly on Kippur was because on Kippur we have another isud of sechita that you might come to squeeze and therefore you had to make sure that it was thoroughly dried out so there's no problem of squeezing but on the Shabbat there's no isud of sechita so that he would soak it in the water he would wring it out but he would not dry it totally and then he would use it to clean his eyes now the Mepharshim do point out that this grisa is a little funny because seemingly the towel was wetter on Tisha'a'ab than Kippur. And on Tisha'a'ab it says he only would use it to clean his eyes. Whereas in Kippur where the towel was uh, less wet, it says he used it to wash or to, to clean panav, his, uh, his face, his hands and his legs. So therefore the Mephashim want to reverse the Girsa and say actually on Kippur where the towel was less wet, it was only usable for his eyes. When Shabbat, since he didn't dry that thoroughly, it was usable for Panabi Adav and Aglav. In any event, the Gemara continues. And the point in this Gemara is that it's not considered that wet where it be asur. Vichin ki atar ababar mori amar when ababar mori came from Israel, he said, "Be'erit shabbat mevim lomitpachat." And erit shabbat they would bring the biushob in the via towel. Vishorei orta bemaim, and he would soak it in water. Umenichat tap min ashotad. He would place it under his head. Now, he didn't want it to dry up totally, so he'd preserve the moisture by keeping the towel under his head. The next day, ulmachad mekanei panav yadav elaglav. So you see, even in this gersa. It's like we want to explain the first Gersa, that he used it on Tshabi'ab in order to wash his face, his hands, and his legs with it. And Ayyub Kippur similarly, they would bring from a towel, he would soak in water, and then by the next day he would make it like a dry article, because we didn't want to have a problem of sahitav squeezing. And the next day we would pass it over his eyes. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yaakov said to Rabbi Yaakov, Tahlifa, Ibka Amartlan, you told us the opposite. Which means when you gave over this halakha, you told us the opposite version. What's the opposite version? Now she says, Ibka Amartlan, You told us that on Shabbat, he was careful to make it a dry vessel. But on Kippur, you didn't say that he made it totally dry. So we asked on you, Sa'ita. So we asked on you, what do you mean? On Kippur is the bigger problem of Sa'ita, therefore it should be reversed. On Kippur, he should make it like a dry vessel, so you don't come to uh, ring it. So therefore, Ve'otbinach, the Gemara says, Sa'ita. And therefore, the proper Gersa would be, like we had it, that on Kippur he had to make it very dry, so you don't come to Sa'ita, whereas in Shabi'ab, it was able to be 
more uh, wet. And the issue over here is in both cases, obviously it was not tofeya al-minat latfiyah. It wasn't so moist that it would be able to make the person moist and then subsequently somebody else. So therefore it was permissible either to wipe the crust away from his eyes or to rub the towel on panab yadav v'raglav. Comes again when I continue. Amar of minashya bar taqlifa. Amar of amram, amar of abar bar khanna. Sha'alu et rabi al-ghazar. They asked the question to Rabbi Al-Azhar, Zaken v'yosheh b'yishiva. Let's say you have a Tamil Hakam who sits on the Sanhedrin. Sarikh li tol v'yashut latir b'chorot o eno sarikh. Does he have to get authorization from the Nasi to give a heter to a b'chor or not? Now let's analyze this case of b'chor. B'chor is a, the firstborn of a kosher animal. The Al-Akha says that he must give that firstborn to the Kohen and the Kohen subsequently brings it as a korban. However, that's only if the animal has no blemish, has no moom. However, if the Bechor has a moom, has a blemish, then the law is, it becomes hulin, and the Kohen is able to slaughter it and eat the animal. So now, how do you know if it's a Baal moom or not? You have to bring it to a Tamir Hakam. So the question was, normally before you give a Heter on a Bechor, the custom was that you have to get an authorization from the Nasi. It was kavod. You gotta go to the nasi and get permission to make rulings. So the Gemara wanted to say, is a member of the Sanhedrin, is a Kenbi or Shemi Shiva, somebody that's a great Tamil Hakam, does he also have to get authorization from the nasi before he gives a ruling on whether a Bechor is a Baal Mum or not? Or do we say, no, he doesn't have to get an authorization, he himself is a great Tamil Hakam. So comes the Gemara and says, my kami ba'alu. What are the two sides of the question? Haki kami ba'alu. This is the question. Kiyad amar of idi bar avin. Davar zeni chodahem de benisiyah kedilit gaderbo. Maybe I'll say that this matter we're getting authorization to give rulings on the bechor. May they left that kavod to the nasi in order to elevate him. So therefore, sadikli told the shud. And therefore, everybody has to ask the shud. There's no uh, no exceptions. Odilma kevan dezaken v'yoshim b'yishiva. Since this is a Torah sage who sits on the Sanhedrin inside. She said, how far did they go in giving the, uh, the um, Nasi this kavod? Did it even go as far that you have to give the, 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 the man that's on the Sanhedrin, he also has to get authorization or not? Ahmad, Rabbi Sadok bin Halukah, Raglav the Amar. So Rabbi Sadok bin Halukah stood on his feet and he said, Ani ra'iti it Rabbi Yosef bin Zimra. I saw the case of Yosef bin Zimra, Shezaken v'yoshev v'yishivahaya. He was a great scholar, he said on the Sanhedrin. And he stood in front of this man's grandfather. Who is this man's grandfather? He's the grandfather of the current Nasi. I remember he once went to that Nasi and he asked him a question. And he got authorization before he can give a heter on a bechor, whether it has a ba'almum or not. So then we see over here that yes indeed, even a man on the Sanhedrin would have to go get this Let's just read Rashi. That a Tamil Hakam cannot give a ruling on a Bechor alone to see its blemish. Unless he gets permission from the Nasi. Once. He's one authorization in his life. If he's a member of the Sanhedrin, the reason why we're bringing the subject over here because eventually we're going to get to the case of the wearing sandal on Yom Kippur. 
In any event, the Gemadashi continues, Dabar meaning that how far did we go to exalt the Nasi? Was it even that a member of the Sinadin has to ask them the question? So therefore he said, yes indeed they do. Now we have another version or another understanding. Rabbi Abba says, no, lo That's not what happened. You're bringing the story to be Yosem ben Zimra. That's not the case that he went and asked permission from the Nasi. This was the case. Rabbi Yosem ben Zimra, Kohen haya. Ah, Rabbi Yosem ben Zimra was actually a Kohen. This was the question that he went and asked this Nasi's grandfather. Halakha kerebi mi'ir de amar. Does the halakha follow the bimi'ir? What did the bimi'ir say? He hashud bedavar lo dano velo mi'ido. A person that's suspected about a certain matter, he cannot be a judge regarding that matter or testify in that matter. Now, a kohen normally is going to be suspected to give a ruling that a bechor has a ba'almum. Because he has an advantage. Because as long as it's not a Baal Moom, he can't eat it. Once it's a Baal Moom, now it becomes his property, he can slaughter it. So therefore, he has an interest over here. So therefore, what was the question? The question is, if we follow the Bimi'ir, so then already the Biyoseh bin Zimra would not be allowed to make a ruling, because he has an interest, because he's the Kohen. Or Dilma, or maybe Maybe says the following that granted a Kohen cannot make a ruling on his own animal because he has an interest. It's beneficial to him to say that it's a ba'amum in order now that he can be able to slaughter it and eat it. So for sure he cannot make a ruling on his own, but the Ban Shimon Gamaliel does say he can make a ruling on his friend's animal. Because for his friend, he doesn't gain anything. Which means he's not eating it, his friend benefits. So therefore that was the question of Nabi Yosef bin Zimra. He wanted to know from the Nasi, what's the deen? I'm a Kohen. Can I make a ruling on my friend's animal? Like Maman Shimon Gamaliel, or do we follow the Bimid that says it's Asur across the board? Terat, Zupashat, Le, Alakha, Keraban Shimon Gamaliel. And he told them that yes, indeed, Alakha does follow Maman Shimon Gamaliel, and therefore you can uh, make a ruling. Which is according to the way that Abba has the story over here, it doesn't answer our original question do you have to get authorization from the Nasi or not? Only according to the first interpretation, we say that the story went that he did indeed need to get the proper authorization. Now, as this story uh, progresses, the Gemara now says there was a second question that they asked Rabbi Lazar. And that second question was, can one go out on Kippur with a shoe that's made out of Sha'am? The English they interpret Sha'am as rush. Which means it's not leather, it's not wood, it's a type of, let's say, uh, grass. Kamin gumara, she says. <coughs> so is that considered a shoe or not? Amad, Rabbi Yitzhak, Ben Nachmani, Al-Raglav, Ve'amad. So he stood up, Rabbi Yitzhak, to answer this question, he said, Ani da'iti et Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi, Shiyatza, Bissandal, Shilshah, Bihom Kippurim. I saw that Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi went out on Kippur with a sandal, made out of Sha'am. Ba'amina leh, so then I asked him, Bita'ani sibur ma'i. 
So okay, that's Kippur, but what about a Ta'anit Sibur? In the olden days when there was a lack of rain, the Hakamim used to decree fast days. And those fast days, as they progressed, became uh, more strict in their laws. And one of the laws was you couldn't wear shoes. So the question was, on a Ta'anit Sibur, can you wear these type of shoes made out of Sha'am? Now what's the question? A Ta'anit Sibur is more strict than Kippur? So the Gemara is assuming, yeah, that sometimes we make the rabbinical law more strict than the Torah law. Because we want to make sure that the people will not belittle the opinions of the Hakamim. Which means, even though, even according to the opinions that say that on Yom Kippur shoes are only the banan, but it has a source in the Torah, from one of the words, So therefore, there we can be a little more lenient, because everybody knows it has a source from the Torah. But it's only rabbinical, maybe we have to be more strict. To that he said, Amarli, lo shena. He told me, it doesn't make a difference. Which means it's going to be as soon as well, just like on Kippur, it's going to be as soon as Tanit Sibur as well. Amar Abar Barhanna, Ani Raiti Trabir Azad de Min Nineveh. I saw the Azad of Nineveh, she had Sab, the Sandal Shel Sham, the Tanit Sibur. He also went out with a shoe made out of the sandal made out of Sham, on the Tanit Sibur. Vamina Leb, Yom Kippurim Mai. So he asked him the other way. Ah, you're being Mahmir on the Tanit Sibur. What's the law regarding Yom Kippur? Amarli Lo Shinai told me it is not different, which means it's Asur just as well. Rav Yehuda Nafik Bedehitni. Rav Yehuda went out on Kippur with a sandal made out of Hitni. There's a different type of rush, or a different type of grass. Abayeh Nafik Bedehutseh. Abayeh went out on Kippur with sandals made out of palm leaves. Rav Nafik Bedehyebleh. He went out of sandal made out of regular grass. Rabbah Baravuna, Kalik Suddara, Akarev and Afik Rabbah Baravuna would wrap a handkerchief around his foot and go out. So you see, from all these opinions over there, these items were not considered sandalim, they were not considered shoes. And the Gemara continues. We are ten lines down on Ayin Het Amud Bet. And we are starting from the Mativ. Again, our discussion over here in this sugya is the wearing of shoes on Yom Kippurim. So the Gemara, of course, clearly is Osin leather shoes. Then the Gemara discussed different rabbis that wore shoes made out of uh, what the Gemara called Sha'am, which in English they interpreted as rush. Uh, or palm branches, or grass, different um, uh, materials like that that are non-leather, where the Gemara said the rabbis wore them on Yom Kippur, which would imply that they do not have a status of shoes. That Gemara is the question, Mativ Rame Barhamma. So Rami Barhamma had a question. Hakiteya, Kiteya is somebody barminan, that does not have legs. That was an amputee, they call him. Hakiteya yotzed bekav shelo. He can go out on Shabbat with his wooden foot. Which means, what they would do is they would make like a uh, prosthesis or a wooden uh, leg, and they would place it underneath uh, the, um, the place where uh, the foot is cut off, and he would uh, be able to walk with that. So it says he can go out on Shabbat bekav shelot devre Rabbi Meir. That would be the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yosei Oser Rashi Yosei bekav shelot b'Shabbat. Okay, kav Rashi explains the word Ashketza. Rabbi Yosei Omer Rashi 
Rabbi Yosef says, now, Kasal Kadatach, that's the Bach changes that. Kasal Kadatach, at this point we're thinking, Kasabar Lav Minalu. Why is it be Yosef Osir? Because he must told it's not considered a shoe. Ho'il ve'eno shaveh bakol. Since most people do not wear this, obviously, so therefore you cannot consider it a shoe, and therefore it be considered carrying on Shabbat. Ve'afilu acheh shavin. Now, everybody agrees to be Mi'ir and to be Yosef, she'asud la'sed bo'o b'yom kipurim, which is the only argument that they had was on Shabbat. Is it considered carrying or not? But when it comes to Kippur, everybody agrees. Obviously, we're talking about on Kippur, where they all agree. Alma afalgad de Rabbi Yosef lav minalu. Even according to Rabbi Yosef, even the Rabbi Yosef says it's not considered a shoe. Afilu achi asir. It's still asur, which means on Kippur, he's telling me it's asur. Now, what do you mean? You just told me the Gabbai Shabbat. It's not a shoe. So if it's not a shoe, so the Chavurah Kippur it should be okay. But we're telling you over here that the whole Mahluk is on Shabbat, is it considered carrying or not considered carrying? But on Kippur, even in a place, let's say, where you have an Iruv, where you took care of the carrying problem, still it's going to be Asur. So that would imply what? That this wooden uh, kav that we'll call it, is not, con- yeah. it is considered, let's say, uh, uh, a problem the Gabeh Kippur. Now, if the, if the Kav is considered a problem the Gabeh Kippur, all these other shoes also, Lechara should have the same problem. The palm, uh, the, the branches, uh, and the, or the leaves, and the uh, grass, etc. So, she says, we learned There you go. So clearly have a bright that everybody's all sell this item on Yom Kippur. So Gebra says, Amar Abaye Hatam Diit Be Ketitin Umishum Tanug. You know why it's Asur on Yom Kippur? Because we're talking about where you place Ketitin, which would be like cloths, on the place where the a uh, person's, let's say, thigh attaches to the wood. So the wood doesn't touch his thigh, it'll be irritable, they'll put like a cushion over there, so it rests over there. So therefore, since it's called pleasurable, the Gemara says, Ta'anug, so therefore, that's why it's a Surah Yom Kippur, because the other shoes over there, let's call them uncomfortable. But this over here, is considered uncomfortable, because he rests his, um, the stump on the cushion. That's what the Gemara says, as Kititin. So, Amar Rava. So to that, uh, Rava comes along and says... That what? The ilav manahu ketitin meshave le mana, which means if you tell me that this wooden shoe or wooden uh, uh, wooden leg is not considered a shoe, ketitin meshave le mana. But just because you put ketitin, how does how does these cushions turn a non-shoe into a shoe? Which means we're learning according to the Biyose. The reason why it's carrying on Shabbat. Because it's not considered a shoe. And therefore it's not the normal uh, way, and therefore it's a suit. So to that, the Gemara is asking over here, just because uh, you put this uh, kititin in the, in the place over there, how does that turn it into a, uh, how does it turn into a shoe? The lav manahu, kititin mashvele mana, ve'od, 
כל תענוג דלאב מנעלו ביום הכיפורים מי אסור? And what is this business over here that you tell me pleasure? Which means, and now you tell me that any non-shoe, if it gives you comfort or pleasure, is going to be asur? Well, what's the logic with that? That can't be why. Here we have the story we read above about Rabba He used to wrap a sudal around his leg and went out. Now we're assuming that, that was obviously uh, pleasurable. I mean, it, it protected his feet from the ground. And still we said that was mutar, why? Because it's not a shoe. Because the point of the Gemara is, it's not a shoe, it should be mutar and kippur. What is this business over here that the kititin? What do you mean kititin? That kititin make a, a non-shoe a shoe? And furthermore, don't tell me about pleasure. Tell me any shoe now, or any type of item that you put on your foot that gives you pleasure. You can tell me that's going to be uh, a suit? Yeah, what's the logic with that? They're odd. And the Gemara goes even further. Medikitani sefa. Right? It says at the end of that Braita, Im yesh lo bet kibul ketitin, if the wooden kav has a bet kibul, that would be like a, a place that's opened up or hollowed out like a receptacle, where you could put things in it. Ketitin, for example, if you could put ketitin in that hollowed out hole, tameh. So then it becomes a keli. And we know that any wooden item that, let's say, has a bit kibul, a receptacle, has the ability to become tameh. That's mashma, we're only introducing ketitin at the end. Mashma, until this point, we were not talking about ketitin. Mechlal deresha la ketitin askinan. Which means, until that point of the sefa that introduced ketitin, it's mashma that we weren't talking about it in the beginning. So then we're back to the question. We, we don't tell me, uh, you want to answer by here, uh, you know why it's a sur on Kippur? That's got this ketitin. No, that's not so. Because the issue of ketitin was not brought up until the end of the Braita. That if it has ketitin, it's tameh. Mashma, until that point, there was no ketitin. And therefore, Lechaura, what's the reason why it's going to be uh, a sur on Kippur? Kibara says, Ela Amarava. Really, this kav, even without the ketitin, is considered a shoe. And on Shabbat, the reason why you have a machlok One rabbi holds Rabbi Yosef that he's worried that the item might fall off. And he might end up coming to carry it for Amor to the Shut Rabim. Umor Sabar no Gazrinan. And when the Rabim here says, no, we don't make a Gezerah. But on Kippur, what's the, uh, what's it going to be? On Kippur is going to be Asur, which means Veshavin, and on Yom Kippur is going to be Asur. Why? Because indeed it is a shoe. And therefore, shoes you cannot wear on Kippur. Ah, what about all those other items? The sham and the palm and the grass? No, there's a difference. The wooden kav is more a shoe than the other items. We have to make a chinook. So it comes out in conclusion that indeed the kav would be a sur, according to everybody, to wear on Kippur. Even in a place where you have an iruv, let's say, so you don't have the carrying problems, okay? Still it's going to be a sur. Why? Because it's a min'al. Because it is a shoe. Ah, if this is a shoe, what about the other items? No, there's a difference. Those other items are less shoe than the kav. And therefore, they would be permissible to wear on Kippur. That would be the, the sha'am, uh, we called it the um, dehitani and the dehutse. 
those uh, types of shoes made out of those items. So that's the maskana of the Gemara. And look at Rashi. Menalu hilkach b'yom kipurim asur. Abal deitanev dehutzeh lav menalinu. That's really what the Gemara is concluding. There's a difference between the wooden shoe and the grass shoe. The wooden is a menal and the others are not. Comes the Gemara and says, Tanu Rabbanan. We have a Braita. Tinokot, regarding children, Mutarin Bechulam. They are permissible to involve themselves in all the other Inuin that are forbidden. Chutz min ilata sadam. Except when it comes to leather shoes. And the kids, they cannot wear leather shoes. To that, the Gemara says, What's the reason why you're saying letting them wear leather shoes? Because the people are going to say, The people are going to think, what? The adults put them on. The child can't put on his own shoes. So what are they going to say? Oh, it must be his father or his mother dressed him. Now we have a law that says that while a katan is able to, let's say, do what he wants, he doesn't have to keep the laws, but his parents, the adult, cannot give him the isur, cannot place the isur in front of him. For example, if a katan eats something that's not kasher, okay, that's uh, uh, his own thing. But the parents cannot feed him, let's say, something that is asur. So this, over here, the, the thing is, what, what do you tell me here about sadal? Oh, because he's going to come out on Kippur. People are going to say, hey, this kid's wearing shoes. What kind of parents are these? The parents dress the kid uh, on the kippur with the shoes. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, Hanach Nameh, the other items as well. Amre Inshe, Avdule, that they did it for them. Which means uh, the kid's going to come out uh, with uh, ointment on his uh, face. Now say the parents did it. Or the kid comes out uh, washed, he's bathed, he's cleaned. No, the parents uh, washed him. So Gemara says, no, no. When it comes to bathing, and it comes to sikha, and it comes to ointments, I could say they did it before Kippur, which means he could remain bathed and clean from before. And the ointment could be on his face from before Kippur. So the Gemara says, Right, so for the same thing, the people will say, maybe the guy put on the sandals before Kippur. Which means, the, the, I have to say, the kid went to sleep with his uh, shoes on. You can't say that he put on the sandals from the day before. Why? Abdi, they did it. Why? A person wants a taste, uh, a taste of death. Let him put on his shoes and go to sleep. Which means you're clearly not supposed to sleep with your shoes on. But Manan, it's Ta'amita. So therefore, if they see the kid wearing shoes on Kippur, no one's going to think, oh, I must have put them on yesterday and he went to sleep with them. No, the parents are not going to let him sleep with the shoes on. It's a sur. Oh, so must he put his shoes on today? And the parent put it on. So therefore, that's why it is a sur. Tarat Gibara says, Veha mutarim ketani. Rashi says, we learned that it's mutalik ta'ila she'imbali malik. If let's say the father comes to ask a she'ilat to the rabbi, omim lo ha'achilehu. The rabbi will tell him, feed the child, urchotz oto, and wash him. Ve'aisha piri adada yom asa'alo. And that's clearly on the day of Kippur. So what are you telling me? You were at Rehitzah the day before, Sikha the day before. What do you mean? Halakha says, if the father comes, can I, can I bathe my child on Kippur? The rabbi will tell him, Mutalik al Or Sikha, Mutalik al So then what do you tell me now? The shoes, you tell me now is Asur? So the Gemara says, Ela, here's the point. Hanag de lav rabbitayhu, 
which means the Inuyim that have nothing to do with the growth and the development of the child. So the rabbis made a Gezerah, which means shoes are not going to affect the growth and the development of a child. So therefore, let it that the child be mahmir. He shouldn't wear uh, leather shoes. Hanak But rechitza, bathing a child, sicha, these items, certainly eating, these items obviously affect the growth and development of the child. So those items are going to be mutar. So that's really the difference over here. The difference is things that affect the kid's growth. Of course, even for the parent to do it to the child, even if people know that it was done on Kippur, the child has to grow, he's a kid. Ah, uh, shoes? No, if a kid doesn't wear leather shoes, it's going to affect his growth? No, therefore it's going to be asur. The Amar Abaye said, Amrali M. He says, My mother, or some learned that mother actually Abaye was a Yatom, they say it was his nurse. That she taught, she said, Rabite de Yenuka. You want to have the development of a child? This is the following recipe. Maya hamime umashcha. Hot water, meaning you bathe them in hot water, umashcha, and oil. Like the baby oil. Gadal purta, it gets a little bigger. Biata bichutcha. Start feeding him an egg with the kutah. Kutah is like that yogurt mixture that they used to eat. Gadal purta, he gets a little older. Tabure mane. Let him literally break vessels. Which means you have to get him, for example, toys, to let him throw them and uh, break them. Ki de Rabah. Like Rabah used to do. Zavin mane gizize de fahra. He used to buy broken uh, vessels of pottery. Libneh for his son, umetabrelehu, and let him break them. Which means it seems the child has a certain amount of aggression when he's young, and he needs to play. So therefore, to get what I'm saying, you got to get him uh, toys. So therefore, let him throw them, let him break things. That's part of his uh, development. That's part of his growth. Nashi, maya hamime lechitza, right? Hot water. That's for bathing him. Umashcha lasuch. Okay, that's the oil for his, uh, you know, anointment. Uh, Give him kelim, and he can fulfill his desire by breaking them. He didn't spend money. It says, they were cheap, broken vessels that he would buy. Okay, so comes the Gemara now and continues. So again, in conclusion, shoes are asud for the child, the other inuim are mutar. Comes the Gemara and says, quote from our Mishnah, So what do we say? The melech, the king, and the kala, that would be a bride, they're allowed to wash their face as normal on Yom Kippurim. So comes Gemara and says, Who's the author of our Mishnah that allows the king and the kala to uh, wash. So the Gemara says, Rahananya ben Teradioni. Mishnah's following will be Hananya ben Teradioni. The Tanya, because we have a brighter. Hamelech ve'a kala lo yirhasut penehim. That's Tanakamah of the brighter. They say there's no dispensation for a king, there's no dispensation for a bride, for a kala. Rabbi Hananya ben Teradioni, Omer. He says, so clearly, see the Hananya the Braita says Melech and Kala Mutar. 
תראה, כמורה סז, נו קייס, החיה לא תנעול את הסנדל. תנא קמא, החיה, הלידה ג'וס קייט ברט, שישנת וויר צ'וז. ובחנניה בטרדיון אומר, משום רבי אליעזר, החיה תנעול את הסנדל. That indeed, החיה, הלידה ג'וס קייט ברט, also can wear uh, shoes. So it comes out, according to the B, everything is mutar. Melech, kala, and chaya. And according to Tanakama, everything is asur. Do you remember when we learned in our Mishnah, we had a question. When it said in the Mishnah that hachamim are osir, we want to know, what are they osir? Are they osir just chaya? Or they osir all three cases. Melech, uh, kala, and chaya. Now you see clearly from our Gemara that the Tanakama is really osir all three cases. Because we see two parts of the Brighton. They said Melech and they said Kalan. And the next part of the Brighton they said as well, Hayah. And it would be Hanayah which is the author of our Mishnah. It's really Matir, everything. If you go back to the Mishnah, you'll see it on the beginning of the 8th Pedic. Right? Let's just read the Lashon of the Mishnah so you see clearly inside now how to learn it. The Mishnah, Ayin Gimel Amud Bet. Second line. והמלך והכלה ירחסו את פניהם והחיה תנעול את הסנדל דברי רבי אליעזר That was Rabbi Hananya בטרניון quoting Rabbi Eliezer והחמים אוסרים Now those words we question אוסרים what? אוסרים חיה אוסרים all of them From Al-Gamara today you see clearly אוסר all of them תראה Al-Gamara says מי טעמה? What's the logic why Rabbi Hananya בטרניון is מקל? המלך בשוב דכתיב, מלך ביופיות, תחזן עיניך. So the Pazuk says that the king has to be seen in a beautiful way. I mean the king always has to be presentable. And therefore he's not going to watch, he's not going to be presentable. Kala maitama, what's the reason why we're leaning to the bride? Kedeshelot tetgane al-ba'la. So she does not become uh, ugly uh, or uh, repulsive to her husband. How long is a bride a bride? Like we learned in the We do not cause the kala to abstain from takshitim, which would be jewelry or makeup, cosmetics, for the first 30 days. Now what was that context of that statement? So look at the Rashi. אין מונעין תכשיטין. בלייתה היא, זה בלייתה, ומייטינן לברש בתולה נשאת בכתובות, מסכת כתובות, זה בלייתה. אז הרי שהיו טבחות טבוח. זה wedding plant. They slaughtered, I mean they had to slaughter, for the סעודה of the wedding. ויינו מזוג. And the wine already was poured. Meaning the סעודה for the חתונה was already prepared. ומת אביו של התקטן. Abel Minan, the father of the Hatan, right before the wedding, passed away. Or the mother of the bride. So what do they do? They bring the met into a room. And they proceed with the wedding. They bring the Hatan and to a different room. And they make the wedding. And of course he does the mitzvah that night. And then, of course, he abstains. And then they bury the deceased. Now, the kala, let's say, in the case where our father died, she is now avila for 30 days. So normally, let's say, she would not be allowed to uh, wear makeup, bathe, etc. But the Gemara is over there. She's a kala. 
So for the first 30 days, so she doesn't become repulsive to her new husband, she's allowed to uh, make herself up and bathe, etc. and wash. So therefore you see what? That the status of a kala is a 30 day status, and therefore the Gabik Kippur as well. As long as she's within 30 days, it's permissible for her to bathe and wash herself on Kippur itself. Comes the Gemara and says... No, that, that that's the whole point. That's the whole point. We don't, even though she's on the end, she can get married. She can get married. Even forget about the washing. She's getting married. That's what, that's, that's, that's the challenge. Once they prepared the sauda, finish. You have to get married. You don't push off the wedding. If it happened before the preparation of the sauda, that's another dean. Here already, the, the, the food's on the table. Everything is prepared over here. So and then there was a sudden death. Gemara says, continue the continue the process. Comes Gemara and says, Ahayat in all the sandal. What's the reason why they let a lady that just gave birth? To wear a sandal, to wear shoes. Mishum Sina. Because of the cold floor. Seems that a lady, after she gives birth, she's considered a hola, she's sick. And therefore, if you don't let her wear regular leather shoes, the cold floor can get her uh, more sick. And therefore, Hakamim Alinin. Amar Shemuel. Shemuel says, Imahmat Sakanat Akrab Mutar. If a person is living in a place where there's scorpions, and the scorpions obviously bite by the feet over there. So everybody could wear leather shoes because we're not uh, going to be mahmir on shoes in a case where there could be sakanara. She says, Makom mutar kol adam You know, forget about hatan and kala, kala and all that stuff. Everybody would be permissible to wear. Amen, amen.